0: This is the Buzzkill Podcast, episode 19. Today is
1: August 1st, 2017. This is the summer special. Uh, We're supposed to be in the off season right now. Damn. You That's could, one thing to call it.
0: Yeah, it's also the first and potentially last episode of season two. Damn. I know all six of our listeners are probably heartbroken right now. But no, um, I am Nathan Olivatis Giles. We miss
1: you, Nate's mom. I'm Brian Chen. Mark Million.
0: And as always, well, not always, but as usually, like 99% of the time, we are in the mission in San Francisco, in Brian's apartment. And um, I guess, you know, we should start with the future of Buzzkill. Uh, Let's just come clean about what we were talking about a second ago. Um, We are...
1: Why did we go away? What's going on? Well, we went
0: away because we were on vacation, but we also went away because um, I got a new job. I, I was at... Twit for four months, um, and then uh, I got a job at Apple. And Applebee's.
1: Applebee's. <laughs> I got a job I at Applebee's. I jobs. am a waiter. <laughs> I,
0: I'm serving blooming onions. No, I got a job at love Apple.
1: The jalapeno poppers.
0: And uh, and uh, we've been talking about it. And we are gonna put. What are we, how do we say? It? Are we gonna put Buzzkill?
1: I out think to the, ba- the band is breaking you know, up. The
0: band's breaking up.
1: But. At, as we know, bands can get back together. You never know what's going to happen, so we'll call it a hiatus.
0: Another, We just got off a of hiatus.
1: <laughs> An extended hiatus.
0: Well, Jay-Z retired and then came back.
1: Uh, nice, you know, I just saw them perform for the first time in like three years.
2: Nate will probably get fired in three months, and he'll come back. We'll, we'll get him <laughs> fired. By our, our goal uh, is I don't to want, get him fired. I don't so want to get fired. Do I don't want to get fired.
0: Um, since we're on the topic, uh, I do, I do want to say... Uh, thanks to twit.tv, especially especially, uh, Lisa and Leo Laporte. Um, You know, I I hate uh, leaving stuff so soon, and I had a blast at twit. Um, Everyone there was top-notch and really professional and great, and when I told them um, that uh, there was an exciting new adventure for me at Apple, uh, they were excited um, about what I was getting into and super supportive, and I should say, that this will be the last time for me on Buzzkill. This will be the last Buzzkill episode for quite a while, maybe forever, who knows? but, but honestly, anything I say from here are my own opinions. They are not the opinions of Apple, and and I am speaking on my own behalf.
1: Yeah. Okay, so what's in the next iPhone? Can you tell us about that? That's,
0: that is not funny at all. Apparently a face sensor. All. It's like um, a whole
1: screen, I think.
0: So uh, I'm actually going to be working on the App Store editorial team uh, and at the Worldwide Developer Conference. Uh, Apple introduced an all-new App Store that will come up in iOS 11 with a tab called Today, where you'll see stories about apps and i'm on the team making that happen uh so i'm pretty excited about it
2: congrats nate i'm sure you're gonna miss leo's back massages
0: (laughs) they were legendary oh also we have a buzzer as we do every episode mark let the people know what the buzzer is this time and And why is that the buzzer?
1: That is the sweet sound of Zelda, which we will get to in a little bit, and which was a frequent topic of this show in early episodes for those longtime listeners. It really is Nate's mom.
0: It really is. Yeah. Um, remember discussed topic. My mom, uh, well, actually, let's take a little bit of time to talk about some of our listeners who did reach out. I got some tweets from, from some folks saying, hey, what's up? You know, where are you guys at? Um, or even commenting saying good show or I totally disagree with you and you're an idiot or whatever. Um, yes, my mom was an avid uh, av- listener. Um, and uh, my friend Steffi in L.A., Brian, your neighbor. Uh, he, <laughs> Matt. He, yeah, he had something to say uh, every <laughs> our week. Our biggest fan.
1: Um, we... my my wife has never heard an episode. No, <laughs> that, that, well she was in the audience for the one with my dad, but that was, that was really.
0: But she's never listened beyond that.
1: I believe that is true.
0: Whoa, I gotta give a shout out to my my homie Anthony in Tucson. Uh, he listened. He actually binged a bunch of episodes. My cousins Jared, uh, my cousin Jared and his wife Dolores, uh, they were listeners as well. Um, I, I you know what what do we average on on. On listeners across like SoundCloud and iTunes and all these mm-hmm. different. It's episodes. gotta be
1: between six or seven. Yeah, six yeah, so seven hundred episodes. Like yeah, yeah. Six or seven people. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> we were in the we were in the hundreds. We broke a thousand a couple of times.
2: Yeah, right. I
0: feel like um, we broke a thousand a lot. Probably of, all lot bots. Of weeks. Yeah, possible, possible, but um, yeah. All right, um, let's get
1: to the uh, meat of the show. <laughs> all right. Uh, We're going to start by talking about an old favorite, Donald, the President of the United States, and our favorite character on TV, Trump.
0: Not my favorite character on TV, but okay. There's so
1: much... In the in the time, it's been like a little over a month since we last recorded, and it has you know, the, 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 the last... name Scaramucci was not even on the public consciousness at that point. You know yeah. how on the
2: Apple TV you can get this app that watches a fireplace burning constantly. Have you seen this app? I have, yeah. I, I have. Like it's the nice. The Trump the Trump uh, administration is like watching a dumpster fire on your Apple TV constantly. I would download that right? app. This is I, I would pay for that. And just call it Trump
0: That app is basically CNN right now, I guess you could say I mean there's there's news every single day Un, unlike Mark, I'm not really entertained by it. Um, I feel like a sense of genuine hurt inside of my heart because our federal government is kind of a laughing stock uh, week in and week out um, that but if you remove I don't yourself like seeing from that. it I can't I can't remove myself from it, it. I, I you know there's I, a I, wealth I, of
1: great I, stories.
0: I love, I love this country, and I want our governments to succeed, and I can't say that there's been any, you know, politician that's on earth that's ever I've been totally happy with, but but I it's just,
2: God. Uh, well, the thing uh, to celebrate is that Trump hasn't really had any victories, right? I mean, he, he had a partial victory with the travel ban, sort of, I don't know, but... But with the healthcare uh, bill healthcare is a repeal, the skinny repeal even fail, and that, that that whole thing seems to be going in down dramatic the fashion with John so McCain coming in. the only in.
1: vote that they won was the one where they get to debate what to do on health care. Right, <laughs> they celebrated the yeah. shit and, out
0: of it. And that they and, and they won that because John McCain came back after came having back like to a, say, All right, a surgery to
2: vote no. It. Right. Well, he he, well, he voted, voted no on yes, on yes review, to begin. Right. He voted yes to begin the debate, the debate. and yeah. then he
0: voted no on the actual bill itself. Right. Um, But the most pressing news is, I guess, at this point, on this day, is that uh, Donald Trump wrote uh, some denials about meeting with Russia um, that his son was, was sharing with the media, Donald Trump Jr., Right, because and initially then that ended up being um, not true. Yeah, right?
2: initially Trump Jr. told the Times that he had met with the Russians to discuss uh, adoption. Right? Primarily
1: to discuss the topic right. of Russian <laughs> dis- adoption. Even
2: though later on which, it was re- revealed that the email subject header said, hey, meet with us and talk about Hillary <laughs> <yeah>. Clinton and <laughs> taking her down, basically. So, so basically
0: Trump wrote that response, right? That's the gist of the story. Uh,
2: that's what the WAPO is is The is Washington reporting. Post. Yeah, yeah.
0: okay. So well, well, the, the Trump administration did devices. come out and say that Donald Trump did what any good father would do, which is, like, protect and cover for his son. <laughs> good father. That's basically the, the the White House line right now, right?
1: That is crazy. Um, so
0: they're kind of, I mean, they're not quite admitting that, yes, that is what happened, but they're kind of saying that, that that is.
1: Um.
2: Let's let's talk about Scaramucci. And meanwhile, they fired their, their PR guy. <laughs>
1: yeah, I.
0: Well, yeah. So, Spicy Sean Spice, Spicer yeah. I'm resigned. I'm trying
1: to decide who is my favorite character in this Trump TV show, because <sighs> Spicer was. A pretty entertaining. You mean
0: Saturday show. Night Live? He was the best right. part of Saturday Spicy. Night Live.
1: I don't know. You watch the real press conferences, those can get pretty entertaining. The Spicer era press conferences are pretty good. Oh, yeah. Sarah yeah. Huckabee Sanders uh-huh. is garbage. And she says even less than Spicer does, which is quite a feat because he was pretty good at debating.
0: And then this guy named Scaramucci came in for a record low 10, ten days. And so he's actually, actually like a Hollywood producer uh, negative, and
1: negative 16 days cuz he his his actual like 16. official start what? date was supposed to be August 15th. Oh
0: jeez, okay. So he was a TV producer and hedge fund manager and and now the, the, and so he he basically resigned after telling the New Yorker that Steve Bannon would um, I'm paraphrasing here because it's like X-rated wood. wood. Oh,
1: we've we got an explicit tag on this show. You can, you can go full on. <laughs> uh, I, what was the exact quote? Everybody knows it. So it's like suck your own cock or whatever it was.
2: Yeah, right, right. He said that about Batman, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so saying he's trying to you know use the presidency to further his
2: own personal brand. That's, that's, a, that's a nicer
0: <laughs> way of saying it. Um,
2: he was and, fired after ten days.
0: Well, you know, you could say that there was a victory uh, today uh, for the administration in that uh, there, after um, firing, uh, I guess you could call it that, um, uh, the FBI director. They now finally have a new one or um, a, a replacement.
1: Is one of my generals, as Trump would say.
0: Yeah, and and so. Uh, the new fellow's name is Christopher Ray. Uh, He was supported by most Democrats. There were a couple dissenting votes including Senator Christina Warren Um, but uh, he was one of the folks who uh, was working with uh, for years now including under the the Bush and Obama administrations under James Comey and Robert Mueller who is now the special counsel uh, appointed to investigate uh, Trump's the Trump administration's, um, potential ties with Russia. Um, but, uh, it's, see- it's interesting though that you'd get rid of James Comey, uh, only to have someone who has worked with James Comey and you would think because of their relationship, um, um, maybe even respect and like, and maybe possibly be loyal to James Comey, uh, running the FBI. This doesn't, he doesn't sound like from the stuff that I've read and I have I gotta do more reading to be honest. It doesn't sound like he's a yes man. In fact, a lot of folks are, are um, you know, talking about his moral compass and and uh, ultimate loyalty to the Constitution. Now, this could, of course, be rhetoric and people puffing him up, um, but but you're seeing actual positive things from both the right and and the left on this pick so far.
1: Yeah, interesting times. Oh, uh, buzzer. Missed, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, so. Enough about that. I, I want to talk about uh, the NFL and why I am making the decision this season. It's going to be tough, but I'm making the decision in this season to give up on as much of the NFL as I can.
1: Yeah, you dropped out of our fantasy league. What was that about?
0: Yeah, so Mark and I have been in a fantasy league how many years
1: now? Oh, many.
0: Many years. Um, and this is the first year that I'm not going to be playing fantasy football. <sighs> man since like maybe high school um, uh, I'm also we, we go and see the Arizona Cardinals come play the San Francisco 49ers every you year We've done five that years too. in a row I, I, I plan on dropping out of that I'm not going to go see an NFL game in person this season um, I'm not going to buy uh, Madden I buy Madden every year it's the same game every year but I'm not going to buy Madden this year um, and I usually end up buying some sort of NFL merchandise my favorite team is the Arizona Cardinals and I'm not planning on doing that this year. Basically, the only way I will like, spend money on the NFL this season is maybe if the Arizona Cardinals go to the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> that would be like the only thing. Now the re- the re- what,
1: what would, you would try to go to the Super Bowl, or
0: yeah, maybe try and go because they'll probably oh, never because they'll probably undermined. never make it that's in my life ever again. That's the biggest probably- game ever. Well, see, here's the thing: is I, I might end up being full of. Crap, and I might end up being a hypocrite. I hope, I hope not. Um, but I, it? I love the NFL. Like it, it this is a league uh, I look forward to every year. I'm a All huge right, football fan. So there are year after year after year after year. There are players who are just like beating the hell out of women, um, and nothing happens to them. Uh, uh, and I'm sick of that. Um, that's that's a big part of it. The biggest part, though... And, and then there's also, of course, the ongoing head trauma, all the stuff that's going on with concussions. Um, that's Mark's dog drinking some water in the background. The, Brian's the, dog. Oh, Sorry, that's Brian's dog drinking water in the background. The, the, the sport is brutal, and it's violent, and it needs to change or go away. It basically needs to die. Um, but it's also one of the most profitable leagues in the United States. But the thing that put me over the top really seems to be the apparent blackballing of Colin Kaepernick, um, for, for his protest, um, taking a a knee and sitting down during the national anthem over, um, continued basically police brutality, uh, towards, uh, people of color, primarily black people. Um, and,
1: is it possible he's not getting a job because he's not that good?
0: No. I think he's – if you look at some of the quarterbacks who have been signed um, by NFL teams, they are worse than Colin Kaepernick. I think Colin Kaepernick can be a good quarterback in a system that's built around him to, to take advantage of his strengths. And, in fact, we saw Chip Kelly, who was um, uh, the 49ers coach, come out and praise his work ethic, praise his professionalness, um, and say that he can still play at a high level um, there's rumors that the Baltimore Ravens might sign him but owners have actually come out and said that they are concerned um, about how, how fans how people would view him I think there's a lot of a lot of frankly a lot of racism amongst the the owners um, and out there And people misconstrue this message as somehow being anti-military or anti-police, which it's not, uh, um, if you listen to the stuff that Colin Kaepernick is saying. But um, basically, if Colin Kaepernick isn't playing in the NFL, I intend to watch no NFL games next season.
1: It is a little curious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, this guy's giving up his career for his message. I think I can give up my fanhood uh, uh, in solidarity with that, um, because I, do, I believe I believe the debate he sparked is an important None one. None of
1: these, like, is there a black, even like a minority owner of any fo- uh, football teams? Because like you look at basketball. Well, basketball, course, you have
0: Michael Jordan. Um, you got
1: like Jay Z, who has since gotten rid of his stake in the Nets, but like we yeah. reported that Magic Beyonce Johnson is looking to buy a stake in the Rockets.
0: Magic Johnson and, used to be part owner of the lakers now he's a a part owner of the dodgers and the new los angeles football club major league soccer team yeah the nfl you know off the top of my head i can't think of any
1: and there's Um, a lot of very wealthy former black football players who could buy in yeah and it's also this like clubby league where like you know all the owners need to sign off on new people coming in i mean it's like a country club it is it's a weird dynamic
0: it is but yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. And you know what? I mean, every Sunday, usually uh, you're watching the NFL. My homie Herman, who lives right across the street from me, he's watching the NFL. It's yeah. gonna be tough for me to wake up on Sundays and not go across the street over to my homie's place to like eat pizza and wings and watch some I'm some football games. You know, we'll you're be gonna be there. I'm, I'm There's gonna, gonna be carne asada burritos every once how much in a while. Fun it is. So you know, we'll see. We'll see if I end up being being full of BS, but. Uh, I think it's important, um, I wish, you know, whether you agree with this guy or not, the dialogue is necessary and important, and it, and it needs voices from, from all people, from activists, from communities of color, from police themselves, um, and w- we don't get to have the proper dialogue because people misconstrue these messages.
2: Alright, we're going to move on to, um, so you guys were surprised that I deleted Twitter. I was surprised.
1: Um, but it's, Especially it's, it's, since you somehow continue tweeting. Well, and, well, it, and you're a journalist so too. Here's the thing you know, I deleted like... the
2: Twitter app because the Twitter app on your phone makes you keep checking Twitter, which just raises my stress levels exponentially whenever I do. Because obviously, you know, this year it's all been Trump news. And overall, it's like I feel like. I bet on the wrong horse when it comes to Twitter versus Facebook, right? Oof. Like, you know, when Twitter first was kind of hot in 2000, like, what it was like, 2008 or something? Like, we mm-hmm. were all using it. It was a thing to do. Journalists were all, like, you know, promoting themselves. And it seemed like the right thing to do. It seemed obvious. But now it's just like, like, you realize that, you know, however many years later, it's been like, what, it was like nine years? Um Like nobody is using Twitter like no no normal person that we know outside of tech journalism or journalism in general is using Twitter so but, but it's
0: still Twitter still remains kind of the best tool arguably I, I think uh, uh, to find out what breaking news is to find to basically if you want to stay up to the moment with news and hey maybe you don't. Um, there's no app that does that better. Not I mean, Facebook,
2: not nothing else. Sure, but like, I don't need it on my phone, though. So, you know, I'll read it on the web whenever I want to catch up on the news. And basically, but, if
0: you're on the web, you're on a computer, you're working.
2: Yeah, exactly. So I only read it when I'm at work. Every now and then, I'll open the, the website on my phone and take a look at it, but not often, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the point being, like, what did they say? They lost 2 million users or American, something? yeah. Oh, geez. In, in the last in the quarter. Last quarter. I mean, it just goes to show, I mean, no real people are using Twitter. I mean, if the numbers are falling like that, that's just... I mean, that's sad. I mean, it started in the United States, so...
0: I I genuinely enjoy using Twitter. I it's it's one of the the social networks that i that i enjoy using the most uh yeah, one like of the, the few
1: people i like to hang out with making jokes about the news like this is exactly the shit i would be doing on, yeah. in my spare time when i'm sitting at home uh, yeah i
2: don't know have you noticed like i i like i'm just looking at my feed right now i tweet like every six days now or something that's how unenthusiastic i am about tweeting uh, but i mean i also find that like other than Trump news, it's just a bunch of journalists bickering at each other, saying, you're wrong and I'm right, and blah, well, blah, 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 being snarky.
0: Well, one difference between Mark and I and you, Brian, is that Mark and I are big sports fans, and <laughs> Twitter is kind of indispensable for sports. I mean, for soccer, for basketball, for the NFL, for Major League Baseball. I mean, like, they're, you know, those are such great places to be during a sporting event, which you don't care as much about. Stuff.
2: Uh true. Definitely don't care about it. But yeah. Nate, you also deleted Facebook, right?
0: Yeah, which you know I I have been a avid Facebook user posting on Facebook a lot. Mostly to share news stories. Did you delete the
2: app or the actual account? No,
0: I deleted the app from my phone. Mm-hmm. Um kind of as an experiment just to see. I mean like I used Facebook so much in, in previous jobs uh, I was helping to run social media accounts uh, and things like that and I kind of got in the habit of sharing a lot of news stories, uh, news content, journalistic stuff, on on Facebook and um, yeah I have been kind of trying to take a break break from that and the only way that I kind of really knew how to do that was to get rid of the app because I was primarily using it on mobile, um, not as much, on the desktop you know recent months um and you know it's kind of interesting i feel like the quality of the conversation on twitter uh is a little bit more interesting for for me right now than the stuff that i get on facebook um but i but yeah i've been posting on facebook a lot less because i don't have the app on my phone and and i've had friends be like hey what's up like what's going on
2: i post on facebook like i'm looking at this now like maybe once a month if not every other month Mm -hmm. and and i feel like i don't really... I mean, I have it on my phone still, but I don't open it up very much because it's just people talking about Trump and, you know, like, saying the same trite shit that everybody says about Trump and Scaramucci or whatever, you know? So I just... Well,
1: that's Twitter, too.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. But there's there's no... I haven't found
0: um, a a sports, a video game, a comic book, a people of color uh, groups on... Facebook to have those conversations with the same way that I have on Twitter and even a little bit on Instagram I feel like that those communities are popping up and having conversations on Instagram but I don't I don't get that on Facebook maybe it's because of the way you know different feeds are and algorithms work but um, that's a big reason why I feel like I can I can leave Facebook behind and I can't as much with with Twitter all right so Jay-Z's 444 record dropped i don't know like two or three weeks ago um time's kind of a blur right now because we haven't done of these in so long <laughs> but um i love this album i think it's one of the one of the like best rap albums this year i still think kendrick lamar's damn is my favorite album of the year so far but four 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 uh is an amazing record and for those listening who maybe don't know it's uh spelled out the number four um the number four, the number four, like the time, 4.44 in the morning kind of thing. Um, for,
1: for those Spotify subscribers who don't know.
0: Well, yeah, I've been listening to it on on Apple Music. Um, I re-upped my title subscription so I could get it. So it was like exclusive for like a week or two, but, what, but I don't have Spotify, and what you guys are telling me is that it's not available on Spotify?
2: It's uh, not. I don't think any of Jay zs stuff is on Spotify. There's some uh, collaborations he did of other people that are on Spotify. But wow. In general, his stuff's not on there.
0: Okay, I, that's. I did not know that. Well, well, Jay. So basically, I think you guys should go to, you know, your favorite non-Spotify music streaming okay. app and listen to it. Um, if it worked
2: on the Amazon Echo, I might. Yeah. Switch, but nope. Oh, um, what about uh, Amazon
1: Music, the thing that comes with Prime?
2: Oh, I, I forgot about that. Hey Alexa, <laughs> play Jay
1: Z's 444. I can't find 444 but
2: Jay Zs. Jay Zs? Yeah, J-Z-S. I don't know.
1: J-Z. All right, didn't work. Good job.
0: So Jay Z is 47 years old right now. Um, it, it's kind of interesting. A lot of the, a lot of my favorite rappers are are old dudes now. Uh, but I guess I am getting older too. But this is this is an album that really only like an old uh, uh, an older rapper could make. Jay Z spends a lot of time rapping about building cross generational wealth, about building communal wealth, um, about you know why people shouldn't be dying for neighborhoods where they rent rather than own land and property, about building credit, um, about how he, about how he, instead of like, like a, yeah,
1: there's like a rap album from a dad. There, there's, there's like,
0: I, I'm paraphrasing, but there's like a line where he says like, what's better than like dropping a bunch of money in a strip club? And he says credit. And I, I heard it. I was just like, Oh, damn. I was like,
1: it's so true. Jay It's so true. Get that Chase Sapphire joint. It was damn. so
0: good. So, um, and then he talks a lot about, you know, his manhood. Uh, as a father and as a husband, being contingent upon taking care of his family, and he admits um, to cheating on Beyoncé. Now, a lot of people, because of that admission, see this as a response to Lemonade, where basically Beyoncé, uh, you know, tells a story of of men cheating on women and calls out, you know, a hypothetical we think woman named Becky. Um, and even in this record, like Jay Z says, I think there's a line. I'm I'm trying to capture the quote, it might not be word for word, but he says, you know. I'll fuck up a good thing if you let me, uh, and then he says, "Leave me alone, Becky," or something like that. And it's like kind of you know a nod to that, um, but it's a really fantastic album. Uh, it's it, it's not an album full of radio singles. Every song is produced by this dude, No ID, uh, but they're the sort of lyrics that um, really work in the background to elevate the lyric. Uh, uh, the, sorry, the sort of beats that elevate in the back work in the background to elevate the lyrics, to put the focus on what Jay Z is saying, um, and it's a really smart, uh, mature. Um, record full of honestly some some fear that he might have messed it all up and it sounds like he came close to, to ruining his life um, because he was you know dicking around um, but a really fantastic record uh, so are you guys did, did I convince you to
2: Switch to Apple Music? No, no to, 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 to just any service. I'm, I'm gonna tell you which title. one.
1: Now the the album I'm most excited for is the first Wolf Parade album, which is my favorite band in uh, in many years. They just got back together and it comes out in October. So all right, all right, load that one on your Apple Music when it when it drops. Brian, do
2: you have? Is there anything you're looking forward to right now? Uh, no. I'm looking forward to the next topic. <laughs> uh this is not too new but i mean I, I guess i watched spider-man kind of recently the spider-man homecoming movie i haven't seen it yeah i i have i loved it i had very low expectations for a movie called spider-man homecoming because i thought it would be some angsty teenager bullshit right mm-hmm. but um it was actually not about his high school life at all right it was um Ooh. barely a little know, bit like, yeah i mean he had a crush on a girl and everything but um Overall, it was, it was nice um, to see them break free from the old Spider Man formula and introduce a whole bunch of new elements. Like, you know, th- there's no Spidey sense anymore. It's replaced with um, AI that um, Tony Stark develops and the suit that Tony makes for Spider Man. And they introduced Spider Man as a character in the Captain America uh, Civil War movie. So um, it's an interesting taken in that the origin story is kind of skipped. And we we drop straight into this this guy's life, and what I what I like about um, the Peter Parker in this movie is that he's actually a kid, yeah. right? And he's, yeah, he's always, he's a high always been a kid it. in yeah. the comics. But you know, Tobey Maguire's Spider Man is always kind of weird. You know, you got this this guy whose head is too big to be Spider Man for yeah. one thing. Oh, like, that's me. <laughs> I, <laughs> He's like forty years old or something. Well, like the that. thing that
0: bothered me the most about the Tobey Maguire Spider Man is he was just so emo, and so riddled with well, guilt. That was was really
1: awkward. It's Like the third one. Was oh, especially was, like, the third one. Especially terrible. the third one.
0: Well, basically, so, you know, of course, in the Spider-Man comic books, you know, uh, uh, Peter Parker doesn't want to be a superhero, uh, and then his, his uncle dies, uh, and then he feels guilt over that, and that's what pushes him into being a hero. And, of course, the saying with great power comes great responsibility, that his uncle told him before he died. So, you know, the guilt... You know, it's it's in the comics that that he regrets his uncle dying. And his uncle inspired him and pushed him to be a hero. But, you know, it's like incapacitating levels of guilt in the previous comics. There's This is a guilt-free Spider-Man. Like, Peter Parker in Homecoming is kind of a happy kid for the most right. part. Now... It's innocent. He, it's, it is kind of innocent. And he's mm-hmm. struggling to find out how to juggle all these things. I want to be at school. I want to be on you know, the academic decathlon team. I want to impress this girl that I like, but I also want to learn how to be a superhero and I want to prove myself and I want to, to seize this opportunity that I see in front of me. And, I, you know, I was super skeptical of this working out But it really worked out. And and I think kind of in a way because it was such a scaled back film. Like there weren't multiple villains. Right. The story had some focus. Michael
2: Keaton was awesome. Michael Keaton was was fantastic.
0: He's in the movie. Tony Stark, uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark and Iron Man, was there just enough. He wasn't like dominating the picture. He was there at kind of the right moments to push the story along
2: oh you know what let me comment on that too like going back to one of the first podcast episodes where we talk about the formula yeah. of like old dude inherits child <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's kind of like his, so his this is Batman son. and Robin right.
0: and Logan and X-23 yeah yeah you know Million Obi-Wan, Dollar Kenobi and Eastwood guy, and what's Skywalker. her face yeah you
2: got the same formula and it actually works out here with uh, Tony Stark and um,
0: we're about to get that with Luke Skywalker uh, and and uh, Ray in the new Star Wars movie right to a right. certain extent
2: but um, my, uh, my, my favorite part about the Spider- Spider-Man movie was just how diverse the cast was right like uh, besides Sp- Spider-Man who's obviously Caucasian uh, you got the Asian American uh, best friend dude you have um, also a bully who's Asian American the girl he has a crush on is black and uh-huh. um, it just goes to show like fuck you Ridley Scott for refusing <laughs> to cast minorities in your movies even when they're supposed to be minorities and you want to paint them brown instead it goes to show that movies of minorities sell a lot like this this movie did great in the box office. Yeah, well there's plenty of
0: examples of that. Yeah, uh, over and over and over again. We've talked about in the past, you know, Fast and the Furious and all sorts of different franchises. No. Star Wars has a diverse cast, uh the new the new series anyways. Rogue I Rogue One too, yeah. Yeah, Rogue mm-hmm. One. I, I love that too, Brian and you know, as a kid, you know, growing up, like you know, I had Spider Man pajamas. I'd wear those outside the house. Like I could imagine myself as being Spider Man as a kid, probably because of the mask and these sorts of things, but One of the things that I thought was really interesting, um, because Spider-Man is such a relatable character to, I think, to a lot of people in a way that maybe Superman isn't and things like that, but one of the things that I thought was interesting was that supporting cast that was so diverse, especially his best friend who was Asian American, as you mentioned, that came from um, a version of Spider-Man from the comic books uh, where Spider-Man is half black, half Latino. And his name is Miles Morales. And so uh, really interesting that they kind of grafted some of that friends group onto Peter Parker for this film series. But uh, for those fans of the Miles Morales version of um, Spider-Man, they kind of hinted that he could exist in this universe by uh, Donald Glover. This might be a spoiler, but if you haven't seen the movie, it's been out for a couple weeks. So sorry.
1: I haven't seen the movie.
0: Uh, Donald Glover plays Miles' uncle. Uh, uh, And I thought that was kind of really interesting. So I hope that someday we'll get to see that character. You know, I'm hoping it's in a few films uh, that this version of Spider-Man gets, you know, two or three more under his belt on his own before we introduce someone else taking that mantle. But um, I thought it was a great movie. Now, I I guess, you know, we saw Spider-Man, Mark did not. But then Mark and I saw Dunkirk and Brian has not. I feel like right now if you want to go see a big blockbuster you got well, you know. You
1: gotta see it in IMAX. You gotta go it see, man. IMAX is the way to go. Uh,
2: so, so like, so I was telling you guys, I refuse to watch Dunkirk because I hate war movies. They're always the same bromance kind of things. And this isn't
0: celebrating violence. There's and, no war movie like this that I can think of. Uh, really, there's
1: no movie like this that I can think of. It it has a, such a unique structure that plays with time and there's like these random parts where the, the three different sections intertwine but it's uh, it's told through land, sea and air all of which take place over a different time horizon. Yeah
0: so one, one, oh, man, I don't and what they tell you it, at the beginning yeah.
1: of the movie that land takes place over the course of a week, sea takes place over the course of a day and air takes place over the course of an hour. Yeah. And you see how these three timelines intersect.
0: It, it, it It's it's crazy because there hasn't been a movie, especially a war movie, like this. But at the same time, it still feels like a Christopher Nolan movie. Like
1: Yeah, because he loves to play with time. And he loves to play with time. Confuse you in, so, in certain, certain so, ways. Although this was the most straightforward, I think, of any of his movies.
0: So, like, you know, some of the war movies that I love the most um, are those bromance films, are full of violence, are... Uh, you know, gritty and difficult. this film has human this this film keys in on the human experience in ways that I, I can't think of many other mo- war movies doing. It, it I think it definitely I wouldn't say it's an anti-war film, but it's definitely a film that shows how ugly war can be and how desperate people can be in that situation how 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 much it hurts human beings. And messes with who we are as people to be in those situations. The negative impacts on who we are as human beings, uh, but it does so in a really respectful and beautiful way. It also celebrates the contributions of regular people stepping up during World War II. Um, uh, now, this some of you probably would have gotten a history class, you know. Um, but um, there, basically, uh, the English, uh, the, the UK, the British Army. Had to call in um, civilian boats to help to help rescue some of their soldiers um, and French soldiers too uh, during this Battle of Dunkirk um, that took place, um, which
1: was a total clusterfuck. This exit out of Dunkirk historically, it was. the film is not I wouldn't like, say an enjoyable film. This is not one I'm gonna f- like flip on and be like, but you
2: watch it twice.
1: I know because oh, it's a great film, and I had to see it in IMAX. I didn't see it the first time in IMAX because oh, he sh- he used IMAX cameras the most of any of his films that he used. And the
0: before. best the best sound system in a theater is an IMAX too. Uh,
1: so it's just it's such a unique and special film, but it's not like there's
0: you know, not even a ton of dialogue. It's kind yeah, of disorienting yeah. the way they use sound, but it but it, I think it's immersive because of that. It it makes you empathize with what those people in those situations were going through so is it
2: kind of like gravity where there's not much dialogue and you're just mm-hmm. oh it's, it's no. actually good Unlike I, gravity. I, I liked I hate gravity. that movie I liked gravity
0: um but no this there's this not a lot, is, lot of
1: dialogue but it's like uh it's the whole time is intense it's an exhausting film mm.
0: but it's a beautiful film you Brian you should go see I'll it. watch it on DVD I'm just kidding Mark you should see spider-man
1: I will maybe all right, we've got about thirty seconds before Brian buzzes us. We're going to talk about Barcelona soccer, Neymar. Brian's literally walking away.
0: Yeah, I'll take one too. So, uh,
1: so yeah, the arguably the second best player on the team, and like an extraordinary talent. I think he's twenty-three years old. Yeah, Neymar, Silvia?
0: Junior. Um, he's junior. he's amazing. So. Messi was in, injured for a little bit, not, not long ago. And Neymar really stepped up. And Barcelona felt like Neymar's team while well, Messi was gone. Now Messi's coming back. And again, the offense is running through Messi. Um, and and Neymar's still kicking butt. And I think he's playing with more confidence. And it kind of feels like if, if Neymar and Messi stick together for a couple more years, by that point, you know, Messi will probably... You know, not be the focus anymore, and it will be Neymar's team. But
1: it's I don't know. A playing, years he was playing. He was playing thirty, I think, or thirty. Yeah, but I he's think, thirty. Yeah, he's still got. I think he's, he's got one of those guys. Five years at least in him, and he'll drop into midfield. Like he can go until like 36, 37. Yeah,
0: but like. the focal point of the offense, that's probably going to shift. I think within like the next two or three years. That being said, Neymar, I think now today, because of the success he had when Messi was hurt. I think he's proven he can be the focal point of an offense and a team right now. And now... Yeah, he's um, ready to step up. And now uh, Paris Saint-Germain is coming out and saying... Well, the rumors are, anyways, they haven't said it. But the rumors are that Paris wants to sign Neymar. Um, They lost their star player Zlatan Ibrahimovic over to Manchester United. And he was aging. It was probably the right call. But... um, you know, I know there's a lot of Barcelona fans that are like, oh, he shouldn't leave it up. But I think this would actually be a good move for Neymar. Make him the focal point now. He's got the skills to tell it now. PSG will get into the Champions League because. League sucks. There's nothing in the this French gonna, League. This is going to suck. The Spanish League sucks beyond but, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and, and Aletti. But. And the, and and the, even and like, the French League three sucks. Three to
1: four teams down the table could take out, like, the top four teams in uh, in, in France.
0: Juventus is. Wins Italy, Italy almost all the time, and this every other team sucks. It's okay. He, Neymar is great, and I think he'll get everything he needs. I think this is a good move.
1: The news is get, it's going to be the biggest soccer next. deal of all time. Turn
2: 29. God, guys. It's just so boring. Um, <laughs> all right. Tell us about your experiment, Brian. All right. I have a new hobby, and it evolves. Um, so remember when you, you told me to get that that click and grow thing? Yeah, you wrote a oh. call about it.
1: I'm so pleased that you enjoyed it for so the click three weeks enough to recommend it to the New York Times leadership and then throw it in the garbage.
2: <laughs> the Click and Grow is um, what is a Click and Grow? I don't I don't know what that is. Little it's it's a device it's an all-in-one device with um, it has um, drip irrigation has a built-in grow light and it's calibrated
1: um, so it turns on during sun cycles
2: right and and they sell these little dirt pods of seeds in them so you you pretty much you can it's like a Kurig cup or cake cup or whatever of of growing growing
1: plants yeah Yeah, it's like no intervention tell tell me the cup
2: is
0: biodegradable (laughs) <laughs> At least, please tell me this is like a cup that you can't recycle or something crazy.
2: Um, you can reuse the pods over and over. Right? I guess. Okay, okay,
0: okay, okay. But I,
2: yeah, so I grew cool some basil and then I grew some scallions and I grew some other stuff and then I, I just figured, hmm, I want to take the next step. I want to I want to keep pushing the envelope up here. So I bought this hardcore grow light for like eighty bucks and it's like it's called this full spectrum grow light, and. Um, you can grow all sorts of stuff like lettuce and... Uh, Let You bought you it know. to grow some lettuce? Um, I, I, brought, I bought it to um, expand my horizons when it comes expand to... Expand your horizons? To uh, herbal gardens. Um, okay. so- I think
0: it's high time that you actually tried doing this. <laughs> and I feel like there's a lot of options. I mean you know what sort of things uh uh would make sense for a san francisco climate
2: look i was just a little bit bored and i just wanted to see what i'm capable of doing Uh, as you can see i have like a good like 25 plants around the house now so um i just want to experiment with uh growing and um see where it goes from there
0: i i'm hoping that it'll be a success and by the end we'll call you dr green thumb (laughs)
2: yeah and i'm I'm hoping that you know my product i can um give away to friends as gifts for christmas and stuff Well, the
1: segment has certainly expanded my mind (laughs) uh it feels a little half-baked
0: to me but it's still working it's still doing the job is there anything else you want to add on your uh, expansion you know adventures in in farming
2: um, stay tuned. I'll tell you in three months how it goes. That's in three about months. How long it takes <laughs> for the, uh, the flower to bud. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. We're going to play a little game, which I found on Twitter yesterday. Some random dude tweeted, t- uh,. Tweet your top five favorite video games of all time. And which, it went totally viral. Th- which blows my
0: mind because people have done this before. I think I d- I think I do this like, like once a year. This was
1: the first time ever that this was conceived. It was a very original <laughs> <Okay>. concept. <laughs> All right. um, but it took off. I did not tweet my recommendations because I was saving them for this segment on sh- on this very special episode. I, so I tweeted
0: mine in, in, to respond, in response to our buddy Phil. Uh, shout out to Phil, if he's listening, probably not. But
1: um, So let's go around. We'll do one each, and we'll go around until we get to five. Um, and I think we, we chatted a little bit before the show. I think we're going to agree on... At least some of these.
0: Well, let's start with where we agree. The one we all agree on is...
1: The newest. Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Legend of Legend Zelda. Of Zelda Breath, Breath of the Wild, Wild, which we talked about on this show. We've Nintendo all been playing Switch. it on the
0: Nintendo Switch. It's We've also available it. on the Wii U, but it's best on the Nintendo Switch.
1: It is in the top five best games of all time. It takes Zelda, which is a series that is no doubt in my mind in the best top five video game series of all time, and it just perfects every piece of it, except for maybe the story. I think it's. Maybe I it's actually really videos. like the story. I think the story's pretty good. I really good. like the story. But Did, overall, have
0: you found all the memories? Because the, mem-
2: had, I got a few, the memories
0: is where the story gets the best. Sorry to cut you. Off.
2: I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to fall down the rabbit hole finding this. This the memories. I, I was just like, I need to get out of this. Game. Oh, you didn't? No, I just uh, I quickly killed Ganon, and then I just moved on with my life. Oh, how many like, hours? Quickly, did you, put into you it? Mean, how many um, hours? Did you put I put like a good sixty hours into okay. it. But I, that's like you know like you could probably mm-hmm. put hundred sixty hours. Into yeah, it. I'm. I'm.
0: I'm a little over hundred hours right now. Um, there's hundred and twenty shrines. I have I think about forty. I want to get all the memories, I want to get all the shrines, um, and basically Super Mario Odyssey comes out in October, and my plan is to do everything I need to do, and then face Ganon like the week before Odyssey comes out. I I literally want
2: to play Super Mario.
0: I literally want to play this game like... I'm still I'm still enjoying it as much now as I was when it first came out in March or whatever it was. Yes. And
2: it's then a by fantastic the end game. of the year,
1: Expansion 2 is going to come out. It's going to have a whole yeah. new dungeon. Yeah.
0: It's honestly my favorite open-world game of all time, too. Um, yeah. And there's so many open-world games I love. You know, Grand Theft Auto. GTA 5 is excellent. But but Breath of the Wild, that's the one we all agree on. Oh,
2: this is a legit open-world game where the physics is like you can interact with so much stuff in yeah. the open world, whereas I feel like a game like Final Fantasy... Was it 15? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. was a fake open world where like you couldn't really do that much in it, you know. Yeah,
0: like anything you see over the horizon, mountains away, you can go and you can climb that mountain. You can interact with those things. You can pick up that rock. You can, whatever, climb that tree. It's just and 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 somehow wandering around and climbing is fun. It's crazy if, if you haven't played this game yet. Uh, uh, please go play this. This is the one that all three of us have on our top five.
1: Yeah. I think it's the only one. The game number two. I think we're gonna diverge slightly, but we're all gonna be within the same mm-hmm. series. My pick is Super Mario Brothers three on
2: the NES.
0: And Brian and Which I picked a great
2: game. We both picked Mario World.
0: Super Mario World on the Super um, Nintendo on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I thought that Mario World was a little bit more charming, and that like I thought Mario three was a little bit too agonizingly difficult. Where it was you tough, know, you just want to throw the controller at some point because you missed a jump and you died, or whatever. <laughs> fucking in you know, World Eight, I think. That's the genius
1: was. of it. That yeah. like even all these years later, the hundreds of times I have played it through, it's like I'm still it's frustrated, still I'm hard, still fun. challenged.
0: I, I feel like for me, you know, I really love uh, Mario sixty four. I really love Super Mario Galaxy. I really love like all the new Mario games. But all of them to me reference the most Super Mario World. I feel like, you know, there's there's suits that you got in the games before, but then you also have Yoshi. You also have like this special thing that's introduced to this game that changes the gameplay somehow. You have the multiplayer, the colors are brighter, the graphics are the a little bit. Great too, yeah, though. the music is better. I feel like the graphics are a little bit more, you know, rounded and cartoony and friendly. And, you know, because the Super Nintendo Entertainment System was a graphical upgrade over the original Nintendo Entertainment System, um, I just felt like... And, you know, maybe I over-romanticize this, uh, you know, because I was a kid and I never had an SNES. I just would go over to my cousins a lot and play it, go over to a neighbor's kid, you know, house or whatever and play it, that kind of thing. But um, I feel like all of the Mario games that I love the most, of the new ones... I can see references back to Super Mario World in, in particular. Um, I just love that game.
2: On a similar note, uh, you know, speaking of Super Nintendo, I would say that on my list is uh, the Link to the Past, and it's another mm-hmm. Zelda game. Great but, game. You know, I, I love. I thought Breath of the Wild was, you know, like the best Zelda game ever. But Link to the Past is one that I played over and over and over and still have joy playing, like on on an emulator today, because it's just it's a great. It's game. like so charming. It's like it. The puzzles are really thoughtful like you know given the limitations of the SNES back in the day you know like yeah. it was overall it's like it was like so deep there's so much stuff going on you know and and getting the items was really fun like the story was i thought the story was good i mean it was pretty two-dimensional of course but you know it's...
1: although i have to say one of the biggest surprises i've experienced in video games in that game it's not in my top five list because i'm keeping it to one zelda but mm. the moment when you feel like you've like you're at the end of the game that like you've beaten all the dungeons it flips and then yeah. you're like holy shit i'm like
2: oh, not yeah, even yeah. <laughs> in the dark world <laughs> yeah but, uh, yeah right. And that's when she gets fucked up. It's like, oh, this is unpleasant. But yeah. <laughs> so that's what makes the game so good. It's All right.
0: it, it's, it's one of my favorite games. I, I stuck to only one Zelda game as well, but it, I'm really glad to see two on your list. That's kind of right. cool.
1: I think we're gonna Nate and I are gonna agree on game number three. Goldeneye. Oh yeah, Go on list.
0: Goldeneye. Man, on the Nintendo sixty four, this like uh, uh, man, the Nintendo sixty four was the first video game system. I had in my home. It was actually a Christmas gift from my brother. Um, But we'd sit around all day. Uh, You know, me and him, a couple friends, sometimes cousins, neighbors, whatever, homies. And we would just play GoldenEye all the time. Just multiplayer over and over and over again. And I feel like, you know, I don't want to give it too much credit, but I feel like so many games that I love now wouldn't exist as they do if not for GoldenEye. You know, uh, uh, Gears of War, Halo, Call of Duty, Battlefield, uh, Splatoon, which I'm loving Splatoon 2 on the Switch so much. But, you know, of shooters, there's none that I just had such a blast playing for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And hours. Uh, uh, both, you know, the, the regular campaign and the multiplayer As I did with GoldenEye 007. It
1: also had some of the most genius level design. Like, Counter-Strike prided itself on having, like, the most mathematically precise team-based levels. But, like, GoldenEye had all of these levels that just, like, blew your mind with, like, how great they were for getting, everybody, like, getting trapped in a room and just, like, shootouts from the doorway, and it was just such a great game.
2: So, this is the difference between me and you guys, was that I was a loner when I was a kid, and I didn't really have <laughs> friends who played the GoldenEye, and I played these little loner games we like Zelda. You missed out, man. But, um, I, I agree, it's, it with it's a great, iconic game. Well, and buy, that
0: buy Splatoon 2 so that we can all play that.
2: I, I, have, I have Splatoon 2, no okay. one, no no, one we is one yeah, like, to We need to
0: get in on that. i mean, on that. okay. That's
2: that. not on my top five list, but it's fun
0: game. Well, it's not it's on not my top five either, but if you own a Switch, you need to have Breath of the Wild, and you need to have Splatoon 2. Uh, all right, game so... Game number four. Game number four. We're, we're now, this diverging. is where we diverge now, right? Um. So... Who no, are... we,
2: we both have Mass Effect 2. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, I've
1: never played a Mass Effect
2: game. Uh, Mass Effect 2 is so good. So, Mass Effect is basically a space... Uh, kind You could
0: say a space opera, so to speak. Yeah, right. Basically, like, what I love about Mass Effect is Two, the Mass Effect One was an RPG, and it wasn't bad. It was, it was a great game. But Mass Effect Two married the things I love about RPGs the most, like slowly building up your character, leveling up, uh, great story play, uh, story gameplay that has impacts on the, you know, what happens in the game and what you can can and can't do, if characters live or die, whatever. But then it also just made the universe feel really big. You could like go all over. Take missions in whatever order you wanted. You interact with different alien species. You have to pull together a crew and a team. You can right. decide whether to be same male or female, right whether yeah. to be gay or straight, whether to build relationships or, or not. You know, be whether a good person to kill or bad person or not. Yeah. yeah, you can either be like a you know an antihero, or you can be like you know super political and kind of in, down the middle of the road, or you can be like good to everybody. I mean, it's just it's just no two people had the same experience. And it's just super fun, it looks great, it plays well, and the shooting aspects of it were super precise, like some of my favorite shooters. It
1: sounds a little bit like Knights of the Old Republic. You guys ever play that? Well, the that was game? also
0: built by BioWare, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. realize Mass Effect was yeah. BioWare. Yeah, so it's the same yeah. studio. I've never played Knights of the Old oh, Republic. Man.
1: It's on, like, iPad and iPhone now. It's That's a great game.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, we, we agree on that, Brian. I mean, I, I don't want to take any words out of your mouth, but did is there anything else that you love about this? I mean, I'm just ranting on here. No, I, I thought the here. story
2: was really good, and I thought it was better than Mass Effect 3 uh, Mass Effect 3 even though it was supposed to be like the epic one it had a smaller world that was like it was tighter like you couldn't do as much in it as you could in Mass Effect 2 yep, yep. and i felt like the characters were more alive in part 2 than in part 3 so
0: fair criticism it was
2: it was a great trilogy though and and it's supposed to be continuing even though it was supposed to end on Part 3, right? I yeah. Guess.
0: Yeah, so they just released Mass Effect on uh, Andromeda, Andromeda earlier right. this year. I haven't gotten, gotten around that to playing not it yet. I not very good
2: reviews. I still, yeah. still
0: want to go and play it at some point because it's a Mass Effect game, but I haven't played it yet.
1: Right. All right. My game number four is Metal Gear Solid
0: 4. Ooh. Ooh. I had
1: trouble picking between Metal Gear Solid, the original, on the PlayStation because the story of that game was so good so many twists and turns the very surprises. first Metal Gear, yeah. first Metal was really Gear Solid good, yeah. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid 4 just the, the gameplay was so excellent and the story was solid and mainly for there's a moment toward the end of the game that is one of the most original experiences in a game uh, that I've had before but there's also other stuff along the way I'm Probably won't go into it for spoiler reasons, uh-huh, even though it's uh-huh. like an eight-year-old yeah. game.
0: But with with this game, like, <laughs> the spoilers are part of what make make the whole Metal Gear s- series um, so, the surprises, make, what make it so great.
1: Yeah. Uh, there are so many, like, they packed so much into that game. There's, like, mech fighting <laughs> that has actually works really well and uh, an excellent game that I think came out on the PS3 that they have not re-released so I hope they find a way for more people to play that game
2: well what do you think about Metal Gear 5 the latest one
1: ah uh, not as
2: good you know it had the open world aspect but again it's kind of a fake open world you can only do certain things in it and 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 it was an unfinished game right it just, felt like it was rushed the story just ended very abruptly and, and then Hideo was fired from uh Whatever the studio well, was, uh, Konami. Konami
0: before Konami. before the game was finished, the series creator and split, and that's probably why it felt rushed. Is because the they didn't finish making it. Yeah, the creative mind left it behind. So yeah,
1: yeah I also feel like they just let him go off the rails with that one. Like yeah, he he took just, on he too much. Way the over story budget, was just yeah. way too ridiculous, and mm-hmm. it, it just like reflected all of the worst qualities. Although it was like an ambitious and really interesting game, it just have you seen
2: Apocalypse Now that that movie yeah it's, uh, it's based on Heart of Darkness, but um, it's Coppola who did that film, right? That film was over budget and took uh, way too long to make. It took like a good seven years to make or something because they kept like taking longer and longer to finish it. Mm. And I feel like Metal Gear 5 reminds me of that. It mm. is like the apocalypse now oh. of video games. Except, except that Apocalypse Now is actually finished. Well, and, <laughs> so and, you know, it
0: was a good movie. Like It's kind yeah. of a legendary classic. Yeah. I don't know if Metal Gear Solid 5 will be that.
1: I'm not no. make that. All right, what's everybody's game uh, number
2: five? My game number five is Final Fantasy Tactics. And, Which I have not played. You know, this... I uh, played a
1: turn-based... Uh, that was on Game Boy Advance, right?
2: No, it was on PlayStation 1. Um, I think may- I Maybe it, port. they ported it to... I'm not it, sure if they like ported, ported it to ported Game Boy over. Advance. Probably. Um, I but, think this
0: one's on iOS, too, actually.
2: What I liked mm. about Final Fantasy Tactics was um, not—I mean, not so much a turn-based aspect, but the fact that you could customize your team however you wanted. You know, um, you could choose what characters you wanted to train, and you know, you could advance them as much as you want, like early in the game or later in the game. You know, and, and gain all these special abilities. Like you could just choose your own adventure. Essentially, it was like a very customized game to like whatever you preferred. And on top of that, the story was super good. Um, crazy story that's very similar to Game of Thrones, actually. If you think about it. Um, oh wow!
0: Now I really and, want to play it.
2: And um, I thought the like the you know the graphics were not that, that impressive for, for PlayStation One, but they they look like they almost kind of look like anime. They look kind of nice as like a cartoony kind of in uh, cartoony way. But um, the music was good too. So like overall, it was a very memorable game to me that I played multiple times. I also played um, Final Fantasy VII multiple times. Um, again I was a loner as a kid because that, that game <laughs> took like 50 hours to complete but um, even though people say that was the best Final Fantasy 7 it was definitely like the deepest and most thorough Final Fantasy ever made and they're going to re-release it on the yeah, I, yeah. I never
0: I never completed Final Fantasy 7 uh, I didn't either
2: but the gameplay of that game was extremely boring yeah. um, you pretty much hit the circle button over and over on the PlayStation controller, you could just pretty much just just keep attacking. And so that you're not how, excited for the remake, is that what you're saying? It was. My, my hope, Well, it's going to be. They're going to change like the battle that. system. Yeah.
0: I'm yeah. actually really excited for the remake because I never finished Final Fantasy VII, and it's such a beloved and, and classic, you know, uh, game that I feel like I'm missing out on something because I never have. Yeah,
2: I really like the story in Final Fantasy VII, but it's it's really the gameplay that kills it. And like, you know, the random battles you run into on the field gets really repetitive when the gameplay is that boring. So. Mm-hmm. Not the best game in my my top five. Anyway.
1: Uh, my game number five, I agonize over, but I think i got to go with The Last of Us.
2: Wow. I wow. Oh, I Great. should have put that on my list. That was really
1: good. Great game.
0: Great game.
1: Uh, Damn. I, I, and wow. I was so late to this game, too. I just played the remaster, uh, remastered version on PS4 for the first time, I don't know, maybe nine months ago.
2: Actually, I agree. I'm going to scratch my link to the past. You.
0: Wow. <laughs> oh, and, wow. Yeah. Wow.
1: Uh, I think maybe we've talked about it on the podcast. We before, ha- a little,
0: but... little bit in reference to Logan, but keep going, yeah, right. keep going. Um,
1: my God, it was just like, it was more like... High polish movie than game. I mean, it right. had like a legitimate story with deep characters. Uh, the gameplay was just like fun. It, it, oh, now,
0: do you, f- since we were talking about Dunkirk and how the movie is elevated because it really just hits on like this, this human experience that you can relate to, whether you've been in war or not, you can see it, you can feel it. I feel like that's kind of why I like Last of Us so much, is because you see what these characters are going through. We're not in a zombie apocalypse or anything, but you see it. It's a really human game.
2: Yeah. Well, you I feel really, like there's an interesting
0: shared quality there, like, storytelling wise.
2: Like again, you know the formula of like old guy inheriting daughter essentially, but other than that, like you can really, really just feel like like his his passion for like taking care of that kid. You know, yeah. like you start like taking on those feelings for like protecting that kid you know, and that's, and toward the end of the game and
0: that's a sign of good storytelling is when you can empathize with the characters
2: right and even though that the daughter is basically ellen page ripped off right and, <laughs> yeah. um, but overall like fantastic game and it wasn't very long that's a great thing too it's yeah. like a very tight um it was as long as it needed to be concise um, the gameplay yeah. also was fantastic like the controls of it like sneaking around in my opinion, it was better than Metal Gear 5 sneaking around. You know, it was, it was like, well-designed. It was intuitive. Um, it just felt very natural to move around and, like, you know, throw bottles and distract the zombies and shit. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun on top of it having a great story. All right, what's your number five name?
0: My number five is actually um, the only non-console game on this list. It's uh, Monument Valley, uh, which is available on like every mobile platform, but came out on iOS first. Um, And it's one of my favorite games of all time. It's a beautiful game, Um, it's a fairly short game, but they pack a lot of story in there. Uh, It's a somewhat emotional game. Um, uh, And I feel like it really kind of, for me, is like a defining uh, um, mobile game. It's something I've played over and over again. Um, the soundtrack is amazing, uh, and I love it. And it's it's one of my favorite games of all time. It you know like um, Super Mario World, um, like Golden Eye, um, uh, and and like some of my favorite games. It's something that I return to, um, and I see something a little different. I enjoy something different every time I play it. Um, it and the sequel is great too. Um, and deals with a mother-daughter relationship in a really interesting way. But the original game, um, to me, is basically a perfect game. There aren't many games that I can say I feel are perfect games. I think Breath of the Wild is damn near a perfect game. Um, uh, you know, Mass Effect Two, Golden aren't. Super um, Mario World might be, but Monument Valley. There's nothing I would change about that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I
2: still gotta play that game. Yeah, I haven't played it either. You guys do. Is it it, one, it's one player, right?
0: It is. And it's just as good now as it was, like, when it came out. Um, it's basically, you know, simple little puzzles. You're kind of moving around through, like, a M.C. Escher-style world, and you have to manipulate the world uh, to allow the character to move through. And, and the story elements are, are there, and they're really cool. It's just, like, really, really fun. It's a calm game. I mean, like... A lot of these games that are on my list here, um, they can stress you out at times. They can challenge you. They're difficult. Um, there are times when you want to take your controller and throw it through your TV screen or something like that. Um, Monument Valley, uh, it's like almost cathartic to play it. Um, it's just unlike any other game I've played. And um, and and it and it I think it just shows how good mobile games can be when they're crafted with this much skill and love. Um,
2: Should we play on the iPad or the iPhone?
0: I think you should play it on the iPhone um, the, I mean what's great about playing it on the iPad is you see it so much bigger um, but you know it's the sort of game where you can play it through bits throughout your day it's the sort of game you can play on your commute to work you can play it on your couch it kind of works anywhere I've played it on iPads I've played it on iPhones I've played it on Android devices I've played it on so many different things but I feel like the iPhone is, is, is kind of where, where it makes the most sense but I mean play it on whatever you got but play this game
1: Uh, oh man if we went through honorable mentions I feel like we could do this for another hour okay well
0: (laughs) since you brought it up for me my honorable mentions I really wish I could have put them on list but I can't Limbo NBA Jam and Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo
1: oh man I'd have like Diablo 2 Worms Armageddon Donkey Kong the list Donkey Kong or Donkey Kong Country Donkey Kong Country Uh, Donkey Kong Original man man Original I play that game for hours.
0: (laughs) And, yeah, I mean, I'd probably put, like, Metroid Prime on there. God, there's so many. But, yeah, I think think we each have a solid, respectable five.
1: But the one thing we can all agree on?
0: Zelda. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Okay, so recently, actually just last uh, Saturday, uh, I flew to L.A. late Friday night. I left L.A. early Sunday. I went there for what is called Burger Day LA. This is the third time I've done this with some friends down in LA. Um, My buddy Greg uh, spearheads this. It happens about every two to three years. And here's what happens. There's a group of six guys. Uh, We go to seven burger spots in one day. And at each burger spot, we share a burger. If, If there are fries, we each eat a handful of fries. And if there are shakes, we have to split a shake too. So really what it ends up to is three and a half burgers throughout the day. Um, And then, you know, shakes and fries may vary. We started at 10 a.m. We didn't finish till almost midnight. Um, And I feel like I'm still full.
1: That's pretty disgusting.
0: It is.
2: It it is. Did you go to the gym when you came back?
0: I I went for a run and I felt like my sweat was extra stinky. Like Like I still had the meat sweats, you know, and like even after this was over. Um, it was, it's, you know, it's crazy. It's it's kind of a total blast um, and something that I had hated in the past as well. I didn't hate it this year. This is my, my third time doing it. We took a couple breaks uh, to get, you know, some drinks. I had a little whiskey while watching Barcelona and uh, Real Madrid play in Miami in an exhibition on Saturday. Um, I but, watched that too. Yeah, I watched it on, that was uh, a good game. on a sports bar in Hollywood. Um, but it's, it's kind of a ridiculous thing to do, but... It was so much fun this year. I mean obviously like it's just a, a good excuse to hang out with a bunch of guys that I really love. So, so who had the with. best burger? So the best burger this go around, every year it's a different group of seven. My favorite was a spot in LA uh, off Fairfax called Animal and it was a bone marrow burger Ooh, uh, wow. and it was served on uh, grilled sourdough. Ooh, uh, that sounds good. It was, it was amazing. And then they had How, po- they had short point, rib poutine fries.
1: At what point in the seven was this? Well, it was the first. It was <laughs> right, the first yeah. one. I, I but, feel like by the seven, seven could be the best burger of your life. You're like, ugh.
0: Well, the seventh one was really great. It was Cassell's in Koreatown. That's a fantastic uh, kind of mid-range burger.
1: Oh, that was like the rice, uh, was that the like the rice patty burger? Oh, no, no, no. Or?
0: You're talking about the ramen burger where we had oh. ramen four burgers. That was the second one we had. Mm. My second favorite after Animal uh, was a spot called Wood Spoon in downtown Los Angeles it's actually a Brazilian restaurant and they had these big kind of toasted buns and an all pork patty that was very salty and then some stewed cabbage which was kind of sweet and I wouldn't want to have the all pork patty by itself I wouldn't want to have the cabbage by itself but together it was amazing and that was our sixth burger of the day and it ended up being my second favorite <laughs> and we had it with, with some yuca fries on the side so goddamn good. You
2: know, I'm not going to judge you, Nate, because when I was 16, um, you know how In-N-Out they let you customize your burger by yeah, adding yeah. patties? Oh, my know, God. Did you jeans. get like a 6x6 six six or something? I had something like a 16x16. That's <laughs> impossible? What does that, that look like? like my, don't let you go as high as you want to go. No, like you they go go do high, Yeah, like my, wow. my friend and I, we started with something like a 3x3 we three three, moved out to a 6x6. Six uh, eventually we were on 8x8, eight, eight eight, and then the very last one was... You, wait,
0: you just kept... Going back and ordering more, going back and Yeah, more. we
2: kept on pushing our wow. limits to see how far we could go. This is what 16 year olds do, you know? Like, you know, in the end, we walk out, we have a six pack, right? This yeah. is how metabolism is when you're fucking young. Well, I sure don't have you know, a six pack. I can't right do now. that now. Like, whenever yeah. I eat a burger, I go to the gym the next day because I feel horrible about <laughs> eating a burger. Yeah, but... this is
0: an incredibly unhealthy thing to do, which is probably why it happens like every two, or three years. <laughs> I don't know how many more of these will do, but it, it's, it's a blast. Um, I. In, I've never like shared any of this on social media, but I shared photos on Instagram, uh, as did a couple of the guys. You can go to hashtag BurgerDayLA to see our <laughs> photos. Um, but, I mean, honestly, like I was surprised at how many people were like, oh, man, I wish I was there with you. I thought a lot of people would be like, you're a disgusting human being, but I didn't get much hate for it.
2: You're a disgusting human being, and I wish I was there with you. <laughs> That's pretty fair.
1: <laughs> all right, we are way over our promised time—30 minutes or less—but this is the sp- summer special, well, and, it, and it is goodbye to Nate and to the show as we uh, as we go on hiatus. Yeah,
0: it's a it's a, it's the 19th episode. We're a little over an hour. Um, it, you know, I gotta say thanks, thank you guys for th- you know this was an idea that you you all have been talking about for years then you start talking with me about the idea of starting a podcast together for years. And I've just really appreciated, I mean, you know, we've been good friends for a while now, but it's been really great every week to being able to look forward to having these conversations, having a good meal, having a good drink and just having this, this nice time to build our, our brotherhood as friends. Um, you know, we'll still do that. We'll still have these conversations. We are having these conversations anyways, but obviously we won't be sharing them with the world in the same way. But, um, you know, it's been a really nice run, and uh, and it happened because you guys wanted it to, and I appreciate you guys for letting me be a part of it.
1: Thank you for listening. The, the, the 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 no nobody. one else
0: wants to open up their heart and nah. say anything?
1: Nothing else? There's nobody here any listening <laughs> to this. There's, There's you two no guys. There's you two guys. guys. Come on. I'm the
0: only one who's going to get emo here. Okay. All right. All thanks, Dave. Right.